So let's talk about music. My name is Sergio Barrer, and I'm a composer and a pianist of the classical persuasion. And today, uh, my guest is Paul Gibson, another composer that I've known for, I don't know, a few years now, I guess, huh? about 10, 12 years. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, we both live in Los Angeles. And uh, I, I was listening to his music recently and, and I was very impressed. Um, let me ask you a question, uh, a question uh, Paul. Um, how did you end up doing this? How did you end up composing? It all goes back to uh, when I first started taking piano lessons. I, uh, I came about across, this was at about the third grade, I guess, or so. And I came across a little book about Schubert. And uh, it was like a child's biography of Schubert. And I was fascinated. And um, I later came across a slightly older kid's version of a Beethoven biography which interested me even more. And I, uh, I began playing uh, the Beethoven records we had in our home more and more. Uh, that was kind of my introduction to loving classical music, but the, the bios of the two composers put in my mind that the most important thing, the key thing about music was the composing of the music the creating of the music. And I began uh, shortly thereafter during my uh, sessions and the piano lessons to, uh, to come up with little uh, pieces that were similar to my exercises. Oh. And uh, it was before I realized that uh, printed music paper existed so I would take little pads of paper and my ruler and draw the five lines for the treble staff and the five lines for the bass clef staff and uh, write the music from scratch. Wow, that's, that's really cool. <laughs> when did you figure out that you could get the, you know, paper already printed? Oh my goodness, it, it was actually several years later and uh, it was so exciting. <laughs> I, I, I'm still excited to see blank music paper. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a great story. I, that's, that's a first anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, uh, in, in, in this podcast, I like to really focus more on the music than on biographical aspects of uh, of my of my guest. So you you sent me some very interesting pieces. I had a hard time deciding which one to use. Uh, let's start with a with a instrumental piece uh, called uh, "Ritual Dances." of the Divine Trinity? Yes. Uh, can I ask you why the title? Well, uh, it, 
it's probably pretty obvious to those who know Messian's music that I was going through a phase of being influenced by Olivier Messian. I see. And uh, in his, his uh, devout mystical Catholicism, and um, I, I guess I was inspired to take that approach in my title anyway. I don't think the piece reflects him at all. Right, I, I, I agree, but uh, okay. I was just very curious about why the title. Um, so now this is, a, this is a seven minute piece. Um, I want to hear the whole thing. It gets, it gets uh, a little bit calm towards the end, towards, you know, it has kind of, of uh, breaks where we could break it, but I'm gonna try and just, we're gonna listen to it the whole way through and then we're gonna talk about it, okay? Okay. Uh, I'm gonna share my sound with you. Okay. And, uh, and then I'm gonna turn it on. By the way, just before we start, uh, all the, the music that you, that you send me has a, a sacred kind of a flavor to it or plain, you know, plain connotation. What is the religious influence in your life? I'm just curious. When I was very young, my uh, family moved to a very tiny village in France. And uh, so my first exposure to live music was all church music, including uh, monks at a nearby monastery, Benedictine monks who sang Gregorian chant. And uh, I've never been able to let that go completely, even though not everything is chant-based. But that, that has weighed heavily on your music all the way since then? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Thank you for answering. I, it was, I was just curious about that. Let me, let me, uh, this might take a minute. Here it is. Thank you. 
Okay. That went fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was very interested in the whole in the whole piece. Uh, in the notes there, you say that the, it's a combination of tonal and serial techniques that you used for this? Yes, yes. So I, I, I'd forgotten I wrote that on there, but that's true, yes. So the, uh, the, the where, very... I mean, the, the theme is tonal, yes. but where is the serial come in? The, uh, it, it starts... Well, the, uh, the first time the viola comes in uh, quiet and, and slow on long notes, it's playing a row, I believe. It's I been a long, a long time since I've analyzed this, but uh, so there's a, a long period when there's uh, mm. more serial techniques than anything else. And then there's other places where the, the serial techniques and the, the tonal techniques are, are Act operating simultaneously. Yeah, I noticed that there were some uh, a sequence of uh, fast notes that repeats. Yeah, there were no that was not tonal. That was that was a yes. kind of a rowish kind of thing, right? Yes, and and the row is based on one of the tonal melodies that comes in the middle of the piece, also in the viola, with very long notes. It's a tonal melody, but then I fashioned a row to kind of follow the outline of that of that melody. And this is you do this as you're composing that you you incorporate. How much of this is intuitive and how much is thought out? This is always an interesting question for me. Yes, um, it's an interesting thing for me to consider also. Uh, both for my own work and others. Um, the, I, I rarely have, and except in very large pieces, I rarely have a detailed plan. Um, things come to me as I'm working, but when the idea for a row came in, I had to, uh, specifically work that out so that I could use it um, as I compose. I see. So I would say that uh, the, the idea of a row in this position was a spontaneous inspiration, but working it out was very conscious. Yeah, it's, it's always a very, for me, it's a very, uh, you know, interesting thing to go with a with a creative flow, and then suddenly you have to stop. And for me, it happens a lot when when I reach a certain impasse. They yes. say, "Okay, I have to analyze this because what's going on? The the next thing isn't working, and this isn't working." And so, for classical music, I think you have the you have to have both. You have to have a flow of ideas, and you have to have an ability to analyze and get out of it and get back into it. Yes, I agree. I had a composing teacher that once told me whenever I was stuck, uh -huh. that I should erase the last few measures, even if I liked them and start at the new point. And it sort of changes your brain looking at it up to that point. I see.
that's an interesting idea. I never thought of that. Although I, I, I have done it many times that the great thing about writing with computers is that you just serve a, save a version, right? And then suddenly you realize, hey, I think it was going better three versions ago after this point. And then you start over from that point. One of the greatest things about technology is that <laughs> right there. Yeah. There's, there's no mistakes. It's always uh, a search for the best. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I sometimes feel like it's like peeling an onion until you get to the real thing. Yes. Does that happen to you? Do, do you go over it many times or one time or how? How does it work for you, the, the amount of repetition and stuff? Well, um, uh, as it, well, I don't know how exactly to describe it, but I, uh, I, I listen to the playback of, a lot to see if it's making sense. And, and when it's not making sense, it, I am very disturbed and I have to attack that place until it is making sense again and then i can go forward okay. and uh and do you get it so i do i save lots of versions just in oh, yeah. case my yeah. new solution was not that great of a solution i can go back yeah yeah i i can relate to that very well uh do you get in a foul mood when it's not working out um, yeah, I, I would say my wife would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, mine would too. <laughs> Sometimes you can see that something's wrong with me yeah. for about a few hours, you know, and then suddenly, oh, what a relief, man. I finally figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a, a wonderful, mysterious process. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very intrigued. And the other thing that I love about interviewing other composers is I'm always surprised how different everyone is from everyone else. You might think that being a composer is just everybody, you know, you just compose, right? The same thing, no, no, it's not like that. And uh, one thing I wanted to tell you about your music that I, that stroke, the first thing that stroked me about it, it's that it's has a, an ethereal quality. It really felt ethereal. Like I listened to it and this, and then it kind of vanished. It's not a dramatic, it's ethereal. It, it moves in a different plane. Hmm. But that's my perception, you know, and it's not a, it's not bad or good. It's just how it struck me, you know, very nice because it, it uh, kind of floats, you know, it's, it's floats. Hmm doesn't doesn't grab you doesn't doesn't want to do anything to me just floats through me and then, <laughs> you know it's not that kind of it's kind of a yeah it's kind of french <laughs> i don't know yeah, maybe <laughs> i wonder i don't know but it's it's very nice let's let's do some of the i want to do the the children choir because that's that's the one that really kind of floated through me and uh, and I'm gonna have to share the screen again. This is Dona Novi Spachin. Yes. Okay. 
written for the for the Los Angeles Children's Choir, right? That's right. Okay. It's soprano, soprano, alto choir. Yes. Okay. Here it goes. serial for me. Uh, 
what can you tell us something about the piece i mean when you hear it now how does it seem to you well um it it kind of sticks out in my repertoire um and i'm very proud of it yeah you it, should. Be, it, it began right. as a commission for a donanobis pachim which i assumed would be a quiet flowing lyrical adagio kind of piece uh -huh. which is nothing like what it turned out to be and and uh it, the conductor shared my feeling <laughs> she she didn't think it would turn out like this either and it was a uh, it was very difficult to learn uh, because of the very quick canonic writing the kids had to be extremely disciplined in order to stay on their own part and not jump to a the second or third part and um apparently i well they asked me to come visit to talk about it uh -huh. and and i talked about uh, one of the things i mentioned was that peace is uh, extremely difficult to achieve and that uh, some of that is reflected in the difficulty of achieving the peace in performance mm. and somehow that lit a fire under them and they became extra determined and um, and then they were able to pull off this kind of performance yeah all over the place they did it in china and in italy and i think in britain and uh, it became kind of a signature work of them because it was uh, so virtuosic but also um had such a, a strong message yeah no the the lyrics all the text where did it come from, if I may ask? Well, um, our original idea was to ask the kids to tell us what they thought peace was about. But that was, that was uh, it didn't work. It was too vague of an instruction and we didn't get much back on that. So what I did was I wrote my own text as if I was going through a bunch of phrases that children would have written oh, about, I see. about peace. Uh, they're, uh, they're wondering if it's coming and what the peace would be about and um, what it would be for. And so um, it was a series of phrases like that that I, I had to create myself. I see. Yeah, the, the lyrics go very well with it now. I, I but I was wondering where was what was the origin of it, and and you you pull them out. I but I understand how that goes because I was trying to find. Uh, I I was asked to write a music, and kind of a note to music, you know something, and I couldn't find anything that really translated what I felt. And I said, okay, I'm gonna have to put it myself. <laughs> and yeah. that was that. 
you know, get in that position and there's no way out except doing it yourself. And uh, even if you don't want to, you still have to. Yeah, but this worked very well. It, it, I said, where did you get these things? It's just, just right for this thing, you know? Well, it was, it, it came first and uh, the, well, actually they, it kind of came together. I guess that's why it's so suitable for each other. The, uh, the, the, that fast syncopated rhythm came to me while I was walking our dogs in the, uh, where I used to live by a park. And uh, it was very insistent. And I thought, well, this is, a, this is not helpful. This has nothing to do with the piece I wanted to write, but it was very insistent. And uh, I finally decided to try to work with it a little bit and see what could be done. And I, I wrote the conductor and, and asked her, could they do a, a canon this close and this fast? And she answered tentatively, yes, but she didn't think I meant all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just thought I meant for a measure or two. That's funny. Yeah, but they did a marvelous job. And it's incredible, yes. It's incredible. And and talking about peace with the children's voice gives it a, a different meaning. You know, when you have adults singing about peace is one thing. When you have children doing this, it it gives it a totally different flavor, a totally different uh you know, message that yes. the message changes the the whole feel of it. I agree completely. No, it, it works marvelously. It, it's uh, it's quite a piece. I was I was really impressed by the, and even though it goes fast, it ends up being a, an ethereal fast. You know, it's like still it's light. It doesn't. It's fast, but it's light. It's at that level of. It's with the voices of the children and with them being so rhythmically right and so on the ball on this, it really is. I mean, they must have worked on it. I mean, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I could never have trained anybody to do that. Yeah, but thank God that we're not the conductors, right? Yes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I get funny looks from people. <laughs> I, I remember I was in Bratislava recording my second piano concerto and, and suddenly the conductor turns to me. I had written some arpeggiated passage, three bars for the violins. And he turns to me and says, hey, do you know what you wrote here? <laughs> I said, well, an arpeggio for violins, you know? says, yeah, well, we're going to have five minutes of practice for this, and then we'll continue the recording. Oh. <laughs> so my little arpeggio all of a sudden became a major technical difficulty, you know? Oh, so, yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's why we have conductors that know their instruments and the, and the orchestra so well that they can help us. Yeah. We mess up a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, that was just a story. I think we have time to do the last one. I, I'm enjoying the music very much and I, and I want to share it with everybody else. Uh, this is another, uh, this is Salve Regina 
Yes. Uh -huh. And, and uh, you had an interesting note here that I that I noticed about uh, this. This is based on already plain chance that you. Yes. Where do you hear this? Where did you get the original material? Uh, well, uh, having been raised Catholic, I've uh, I heard the original Salve Regina many times over the years, and um, I it was going to be it, it's part of an album of mission music of, of um, music that might have been done at the California missions, except oh, this, this obviously wouldn't have been done, but the the gregorian chant salve regina would have been sung every day in the missions so i thought well i'll end the album with my own version of the salve regina and there are two tunes gregorian chant often will use a different tune for a text or a different text for a tune and um, and this one has two melodies that are both fairly well known. I decided to take one of them all the way through. Every single note of the chant is represented in the piece. And then for the other chant, I just use the, the beginning, just the first few notes. Salve, which comes back again and again as a kind of a refrain which is a, a, it's, it's the beginning of a completely different setting of Salve Regina. So I wanted to combine these together in different styles to represent the history of the missions. So at first, all you hear is the, the monophonic chant. Okay. Then you start hearing it in thirds, like you might hear folk instruments being played in the missions. And then you start hearing polyphony, like uh, might have been introduced from Mexico. Um, and then you start hearing more modern techniques as we go through history until it gets to the point where there are clusters, uh, but they're still uh, all based on the chant. And then finally, there's a, a coda that um, includes many of these techniques to wind things down, all the while preserving the, the original chant melody. Sometimes it's an augmentation, um, sometimes it's in diminution, um, but it's, it's always there, always recognizable. And I've been very happy to find out that singers like it because each line is, um, is based on the chant and therefore very singable, very vocal. And they, right. and they enjoy singing that because of that. Yeah, great. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's hear it one second.
Wow, very nice. The, I could see the clusters at the end. Yeah, uh -huh. I could see. I could see that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's four lines, so you can get as close to as can get with four. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, you know, you. <laughs> I was Not yesterday at the gala of the LA Master Chorale, and you you had Whitaker with the twelfth tone cluster. You know, <laughs> that that's a different kind of cluster, but I could see it here definitely, and. Uh, Another thing that the music has, it's always interesting. That's, I think that's very important to me. I, I don't like to repeat too much. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I get in trouble with the conductors because it's all through compose. I said, yeah, I wanted to keep composing the thing. I don't want to repeat <laughs> three times the same thing, right? And I can see that you, you don't like to repeat too much either, huh? Well, in this piece, since uh, it was based on the chant, the chant just keeps going and uh, they don't repeat very much themselves. So in order to follow it, I had to keep on that same track. The only thing that repeats is that little uh, beginning of the second chant, which is kind of a unifying feature. But most of it, yeah, it, it was nothing that that totally repeats all the way through, right? Right, that's, I didn't think, I didn't see anything repeating. You know, I might see, you know, a second version of something that I heard, but it's a yeah. second version of it. Yeah. It's yeah. not the original, you know, it's not like we're going and we repeat and repeat. So, so you know, some people want it to be repeated, but I, I like, like, I like it like this. It keeps my interest all the way through, you know? Yes, thank you. And, uh, and that's a that's a good thing for me it's uh, to to be interested and and uh, and engage with the music all the time it's it's a nice thing also that's one of the most important things really yeah i agree i i think that you know and and those changes in uh, it's not changing rhythm but in in uh, how can i put it like so that you arrive at a slow, a change in pace, probably. Well, mm -hmm. rhythm, but not, not, you know, rhythm as in pace. The changes in pace and the sudden slowing down and speeding up and slowing down. And it's all very effective. It works very nicely. Anyway, I kind of like your music. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sergio. I appreciate that. And... Uh, and I and I'm I'm glad that you that you were able to make this to to come and be I guess at my at my podcast. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we we say goodbye? Well, I I want to thank you for inviting me and uh, giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm anxious to hear the final edited project product very soon. Yeah, yeah, and, but uh, it, there's not a lot of editing needed here. To tell you oh, to. okay, that's it's great. It's going to be pretty much like this. Maybe I'll remove a little comment here or there, technical things, but great, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and uh, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with as many people as will listen. <laughs> great, yeah, I think. I, I want to thank you very much again. And that, that, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>